Is that a beer? Hmm? Looks flat. You proud of me? Looks like a cup of pee. What is going on? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome back to another fabulous installment of the Matt and Dennis podcast. I, of course, am Dennis. Vincey. Matt, you can't see it. My Christmas lights are on. My favorite Caucasian's got Christmas lights behind him. His name is Matt. What's shaking, baby? A lot of shaking, Foxy. Now, Dennis, I'm doing well. Where where are your Christmas lights positioned? I, I don't know why I didn't change the camera so we could see. Oh, hell yeah. You got a full-on tree in your bedroom. Yeah, I don't mess around, baby. All right. Is there a tree, like, in the communal area of your apartment? Or just does everyone oh, have Just for me. Okay, so everyone, everyone else Jewish? We, just don't, we don't have a TV in the living room. Nobody really sits out there, so I'm like, I like to turn the lights off, put the tree on, flip on the Hallmark channel, watch my movies, you know, cuddle up with a nice cup of tea. Dennis, you know you and I have always, of all the things we have in common, you and I always seem to go a little harder on Christmas than a lot of the people we know. You know, it is true. You go way harder than I do. There's no doubt about that. You had your decorations up pre-Thanksgiving. I debated whether even putting up my decorations and then not going home for Thanksgiving had to work the entire weekend uh you know get more time off for Christmas I uh got a little inebriated and put up all my Christmas stuff in the middle of the afternoon so I went from in the morning waking up saying I wasn't going to do it to a mere four or five hours later to completely decorating my room got my stocking over there my giant's nutcracker my devil's santa then I got a bitchin santa over there it's like holding a golf bag and it's got some uh, holly and crap in it quite nice quite nice but yeah it's uh oh over together you know what i mean so, yeah. Oh, yeah. but yeah uh we did we do an episode earlier this week we did no we did not we did not right this is like, yeah all right so it's been a full week uh finally well i guess yeah we're still on track one episode a week even though we promised two but i'll be honest matt it's not like we want to talk about any of our teams uh i'm gonna dive <clears throat> right into this unless you got something that you want to get off your chest i don't have anything no I mean, pleasantries for you i definitely do have something i want to get off my chest but i mean it's gonna it's coming like you like you said and it's gonna come in due time um but in due but, time he says all right matt well i'm starting with baseball surprise surprise gentlemen and ladies starting with baseball dennis doesn't want to talk about baseball it's the middle of december but here we are talking about it and i have to talk about it because I'm getting kind of sick and tired of all this crap talking on our beloved New York Yankees. Clint Frazier, the latest victim, to throw some shade at the Yankees because apparently someone attacked him on Twitter saying, glad you're finally not in New York anymore or you're not a Yankee, blah, blah, blah. And he replied, yeah, me too, with a bunch of those rolling on the floor emojis. And obviously, I'm blowing it out of proportion. What? Um, it wasn't someone it was I mean there may have been one specific person he may have been responding to but I think he's someone that's young social media savvy he could see that the flood of I mean I, I glanced at it once or twice and you could see oh, I didn't actually see the tweet you could see a flood of Yankees fans saying under when he's saying oh I'm excited to go to the Cubs this jersey's cool yada 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 thank you Yankees like you could see pretty much every comment saying the exact same thing but sorry. oh okay well, I don't know, maybe he felt attacked. But to come after the Yankees in that regard, and then obviously CC puts it to bed where he doesn't even want to talk about it and thinks it's absolutely ridiculous. Jeff Nelson then said the same thing. I mean, who? Jeff Nelson coming out of the woodwork. Haven't heard his name in almost two decades at this point. 
the great Yankee reliever from the late nineties, early two thousands. But I just, I, I don't know. It kind of peeved me and I've been in a relatively really good mood. I've kind of avoided my sports teams to a degree, the giants, you know, here and there, they kind of just ruin a three hour period on a Sunday. And then I don't think about them anymore, but the college football season has been great. Bowl season is a week away. I got Christmas on the brain going home in a couple of weeks to see everybody that I love. Except for our number one fan, Nick Burns, because apparently he needs to go to Florida to see his family. Nick, what the hell? But you know what? We'll do what we can to make a lot of podcasts for you. So you got something to listen to on the plane. But I hear this crap on the Yankees. I'm just kind of sick and tired. I mean, I understand nobody likes the Yankees. I understand that fans of baseball don't like the Yankees because we whine and complain all season long. And we have nothing to complain about because we're the most storage franchise in the history of major league baseball. But now the players, Carlos Correa, Clint Frazier in the span of less than two months, just taking a massive dump on the Yankees. What the hell is going on? I'm not for it, Matt. And I don't know how much you care about it, but it kind of peeved me. It, it peed you at, you were peed at Clint Frazier. I was peeved. There's a V in there. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, to, to kind of pull a dentist, but I mean, I do have thoughts on it, but to pull a dentist, I don't care. Like, I really don't. Um, I, I, I don't think, but yeah, you, you did a good job of kind of summing it up. Um, Clint Frazier had some, had some good moments as a Yankee, really did, and had some not so great moments and had some moments where for better or worse, the Yankees just didn't give him a shot. Um, they just didn't. And it, it, it got started, his, his tenure with the Yankees got off to a rocky start. Uh, with some off the field issues and, and comments here and there and were there issues with Aaron Boone and yada, 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 so on and so forth. Um, but he didn't get a shot. He's a young player. That, you really believe that? You really believe he didn't get a shot? No, I'm, I'm not saying it's anyone's fault. I'm saying that's how it, that's how it worked out. Like, I don't think we can go to bed tonight saying that we know Clint Frazier is good or we know Clint Frazier is a waste. But, I, would, but would you make the argument just from what you said that given how much time Clint Frazier was able to play now, it's not his fault that the Yankees had a bevy of outfielders, but Luke Voigt came in and he made the most of his opportunities when he was able to play. Clint Frazier would come in and let's say he had one or two bright spots that lasted a week or two. And after that, he would do nothing. Well, Dennis, to, and, and that's a very good, fair point. But to that, I would also say, how many times do you and I talk about the Yankees and other teams we like spending X amount of money on these players, whether young, whether old, free agency trades, whatever, even Giants, even other teams that you and I like, how often do we talk about and, and honestly laugh to each other in a cynical way that watch, they're going to go and a day later, they're going to be all-stars. They're going to, they're going to get their chance. They're going to come off, recover from injury or they're finally going to get a starting position or come off the bench or, or what else. And they're going to be all-stars. Sometimes that doesn't happen. A lot of the time it has. So, I mean, so I get your point. It's a fair point, but also kind of, I'm just, that that's kind of how I think, not specifically to, to Clint Frazier, but that, that would be my response to that. Again, I, I could care less. I'm not, I'm not sad to see him go. Like I'm, I'm happy he gets another opportunity. I'm happy that he's excited about it. I'm not, I don't care enough to get on his Twitter account. And I don't think he said anything. He didn't say anything negative against the Yankees. He definitely showed excitement to go to the Cubs. 
that a lot of soft Yankees fans took as a shot to the Yankees organization. We're so high and mighty and we want to get so mad at our rival teams and so mad at our own players when they underperform like myself, like I love to do that yet. This guy that we really didn't weren't that high and mighty on when he was on the team goes to a, you could argue world-class organization and is probably going to get more playing time. And he's excited about it. He's playing in a big city, goes from a big city to another big city and he's excited about it. And now all Yankees fans are open arms. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just, you know, maybe he goes and is a dud and Clint Frazier's time in the MLB is over in a couple of years, or maybe he goes and gets more playing time and, and, and does well. I don't care one way or the other. I don't love Clint Frazier. I don't hate Clint Frazier. So I think it's, I think I will say, I think on social media, it's out of line I mean, social media, social media, so do whatever you want. But I don't think for, I don't think it's in the right for sensible Yankees fans to be attacking him. It's not like he came out and said every moment playing in New York was miserable. So happy I'm gone. He was just showing excitement for the Cubs. And, and so this is going to sound like I'm really getting behind Clint Frazier, but what? No, it, it's not. I'm not taking it that way. No, but where did Jeff Nelson come from? <laughs> well, see, and this, was, this is what I'm talking about here where, all right, it's funny to read the tweet from Jeff Nelson. It's funny to listen to CC Sabathia, apparently who has a talks like a sailor on that ringer podcast that he's on with uh, Reco or not Reco. Um, oh, it's, um, it's the backup Ruco, Ryan Ruco. Ryan Ruco. So, uh, but I just, I had to go back and look at the tweet. All he's saying is it's some dumbass Yankee fan saying, yeah, we're glad you're gone. He was like, yeah, yeah me too. I mean, Clint, what's Clint Frazier, 24 years old? What's he going to say? What does any other 24-year-old say on the internet? And then for some reason, it's the Yankee side that's blowing this up. So now I have to pay attention to it. But it just seems it's bothering me because as much as I didn't care about the Yankees throughout the season, and I did not, it's well-documented on this podcast. But here we are, two months into the offseason, and there's nothing but negativity surrounding the Yankees. No free agent acquisitions. Not going out and spending the money even though we thought we were going to. And here we are having Carlos Correa talk crap on the Yankees. And now I guess it's Clint Frazier also talking crap on the Yankees. But at the same time, it's the Yankees blowing it out of proportion. And I just, luckily we have a lockout. Maybe we won't see baseball next year and I won't have to watch them again. I think, I think Dennis, I think it's funny because I think being pissed off, obviously we've all shown it except Ellis because just the Yankee reality doesn't wants exist. to believe. Right. Um, like, the great, like the great Josh Groban song, Believe. They're actually showing that. I'm kind of bummed. I forgot it was tonight, but they're showing that in downtown Orlando in this like, park outdoors, but I saw it the other night, so whatever. Um, but we've all shown, we've all been pissed at the Yankees. And I think in the offseason, I think the only reason we don't really remember being this pissed off at the Yankees in the offseason, this close to Christmas, is because we've always had an offseason a big splash, which reminds me two years ago today was the day we signed Garrett Cole. Um, yeah. We record this on Friday. Um, but we've, we've always had, or at least recently have seemed to have a, a big impactful one way or another splash that has kind of tamed the fan base uh, at least for a couple months until the unexpected uh, surgery announcement comes the first week of February. <laughs> 
and it always seems to come around, which we're still waiting for. We'll see who it is this year. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I'm happy for Clint Frazier, I guess. I don't understand how we don't hear a peep. I mean, at least it probably doesn't seem like we hear a peep from Jeff Nelson, and this is he gets loud about Clint Frazier going to the Cubs. I think is kind of funny. I agree. Uh, I mean, I brought it up too. And I, I mean, if you want to give your thoughts on it, otherwise we can just move past But the lockout that is happening in baseball. If it affects the season, if there's a late start, there is the possibility that the MLBPA and everybody gets their ducks in a row and they should be fine. There are, I guess there's no, there's a possibility obviously of the season starting late, but we haven't heard that it could by what's happening right now, but I, to pull me, I don't really care. I, I mean, this happens all the time. We saw what happened in the NFL a couple of years. The NBA has dealt with theirs to the NHL. I mean, it's just, it's another year where the players have to decide what they want and it's baseball pushing back and vice versa. And I mean, it's at the end of the day, it's all about either money or sometimes it's player safety and who the hell knows. I don't, I don't even know what the big gripe is this year. Do you? I haven't paid attention. I, know. I, I don't, I, I have not gotten that much yeah. in the about this i mean if we're doing a sports podcast i probably should but the only thing as someone that has not read that deeply into it could say is we got pretty much four months till baseball season so figure it out yeah but you know if, if this goes anything like uh, it did during the pandemic we could be in trouble right. so, just saying that but that's all i got on baseball and if you don't have anything else i'm moving straight on to big blue i don't think i have anything else still nothing on the carlos correa front so we will we will see yeah that's all i have yeah i mean at this point he's the only free agent we're chasing possibly chasing who knows if they're even in talks i i I haven't heard anything but let's move on to what moves the needle big blue and they are not good uh i mean we don't even have to go into serious recap details with that game in miami to me, that game showed way more about this inconsistent, bad Miami Dolphin team than it did about the Giants. The Giants had no business being in that football game. Uh, hats off, one, biased because he's on my fantasy team. Jalen Waddell became the uh, Dolphins' all-time rookie receptions leader, passing Jarvis Landry. Uh, he then got hurt and didn't get to catch a touchdown pass. Eh, what are you going to do? I'm also going to lose in fantasy this week probably. Him miss out on the playoffs. One six to six and six. My rain, my little little wind streak's coming to an end. It's all it's all downhill. But uh, I digress. Giants defense. Once again, we talk about it every week. Every time we do a show, they came to play. They did everything they could. I'm not putting any blame on Glennon. He's how many reps has he had with the first team offense? What's the first team offense looked like in practice this year? I don't know. With everybody coming in and out. Uh, we were pretty depleted once again. The offensive line, what's killing me is at times it really looks like the pass protection is fairly good, but the run blocking is just disgustingly bad. Barkley, though, at times, shown some burst, able to get to the outside, but in a, it's just there was really nothing there. Uh, and it, you know, if, if I'm watching that game, it's more about a Miami Dolphin team that is now somehow in the thick of it, battling for that final wild card spot in the AFC. Because they, I mean, they looked awful. And I mean, the Giants just, I'm checked out. 
and we'll get we'll get to Daniel Jones again because it looks like he's not going to play again. He might not play another down this Ooh. year, and if it's that serious, then he shouldn't. But ruled out. What? Officially ruled out. Yeah, no, I know he's not playing this week. I just I just meant the rest of the season. But yeah, I mean, if you want some initial thoughts, go ahead and just where you're sitting right now. Yeah, Dennis, I have, I have a lot to say on both sides of this week, and it's funny as you mentioned that uh, Giants, the Giants social media guy has to be trolling me. Like, what are the keys? What are the keys for the Giants in Week 14? Question mark football emoji. Is that Jordan Renan? No, that's not the official Giants. Uh, Giants. <laughs> oh my God! All right, they are trolling me. Um, yeah, let's start the Miami game. Dennis, this is actually the second time tonight where I'm going to say I've been – I'm taking a page out of the Dennis playbook. Let's it, go. It a Yankee talk? It took all year, Matt, but you're finally on the board. You're finally on board. Well, there was good reasoning behind me pulling a Dennis with the Giants. Dennis, I didn't watch a minute of it. Uh, I, I, take, I take that back. I watched a couple minutes on my phone, but I was on the go. Me and my cousin were down in Wildwood. Um, went to Cape May Brewing again. Um, I still haven't been there. Maybe next year I'll get there. That's what I didn't even ask you. You went to see uh, some concert in Philly, did you not? Is that what you were there for? Genesis? Genesis. Yep. That was my second time seeing Phil Collins in concert. My first time seeing Genesis together. So I just need to see Peter Gabriel and I've completed the Genesis. Was it good? That was awesome. It was awesome. They still got it. Everyone's worrying about phil collins age and he sits for most of the show but between him the band the production value his son who's like 18 is kicking ass on the drums like how old is phil collins in the 70s okay i believe he is 70 um but it was it was awesome time awesome time if anyone can still i know they're playing boston soon if anyone can still catch them or if they come back around before they all finish things up because of old age like check them out they still got it and they they do all the songs you want to hear like they do all the big songs they throw it almost sounds like before they die before they finish up with their old age <laughs> no i don't think they're i don't i think they have years left in them like a lot of years left in them but i don't think they're going to be going on extensive nationwide tours much longer is is my point but yeah i went to wildwood and me and my cousin he's an eagles fan jalen hurts was out Daniel Jones was out, so me and him weren't really rushing anywhere to watch the game. We made it to Philly where we went to a couple bars before I had to get on a plane and just kind of was like background noise. I was obviously keeping up with it on my phone, but I wasn't like, pull over to the nearest bar. We need to watch this. I wasn't doing any of that, and I'm glad I wasn't um, because it sounded abysmal. One thing that was interesting, you kind of mentioned it, was we had no business being in that game. The game never really seemed out of reach. (laughs) And I was like, all right, any second. And every time I turned it on, it was weird because Mike Glennon seemed to actually have a nice over the the, the midfield pass for like a good 15 yards or so. And I was like, oh, Intermediate route. Everything looked okay. I was like, Mike Glennon with a decent route. There's Freddie Kitchens calling some unique plays again. There's Galladay. Here we go. And and obviously I missed a big, a big chunk of it. Um I mean, where where do I even begin? It's it's just again. The injuries are awful. Two, the guys that we have in there aren't playing well. Mike Glennon is just not good. I mean, I, I must have I must have watched all of the three plays he had that looked good. 
because the offense couldn't get anything going. Um, maybe I'll pull a third page out of the Dennis playbook here um, and, and just say like bigger picture. There are so many more bigger issues. I talk about the injuries week in, week out. I strongly believe that this would have been still could be a much better team. If we could stay healthy, we can't, we can't stay healthy. Dennis, I saw, uh, I couldn't tell you the exact numbers, but I know the giants hold the first place We're first place in something. And it's how many players have been on injured reserve, how many players have missed time. The Giants are in first. And if I had to look at the, the rankings of that, I would assume we're comfortably ahead in first place. So you guys like to say that they're bad and it has nothing to do with that. It, it has something to do with that. But I'll put that to the side for now. The guys that are out there, we talked about the quote-unquote next man up. They're not filling that spot. They're not. They're not filling that spot. Daniel Jones, he couldn't do anything against Miami because he wasn't there. Daniel Jones isn't going to be able to do anything against L.A. because he's not going to be there. Daniel Jones really could only do so much because the entire time he's been a New York Giant, he has had no offensive line. Sure, he needs to make better decisions. There are times that we see a guy wide open downfield and he doesn't pull the trigger. There's plenty of other times where Daniel Jones has a mild space to go. He doesn't hear footsteps coming. Boom, fumble. There's so many things, and he's fixed a lot of that. He's fixed the turnover problem, for sure. Is it perfect? No. Has he fixed it? Has he, has he improved it greatly? Yes. He still can't do too crap without an offensive line. Dave Gettleman has been in there. We gave him all of this time. He's tried so hard to build this offensive line. Dennis, the one time we had faith and said, you know what? It's not great. It's not perfect. But we got Andrew Thomas. He's improving. We got Matt Pert, the guy in the sixth or seventh round who surprised all of us and looked better than Andrew Thomas. Where's he been? Where's he been? That guy is losing his spot to Nate freaking Solder. Nate freaking Solder is the guy week in, week out that we're counting on to protect our quote-unquote potential franchise quarterback. That's a massive problem. All right, here we go again. Dave Gettleman, draft Saquon Barkley. Amazing pick, generational talent. We should have done that. I hate the people that say, that, that drafting Saquon Barkley was a, a terrible pick. Sure, you could probably make a more valid argument on Daniel Jones. I still disagree with it, but you can make a better argument with that. Saquon Barkley, I think you're dumb if you think that was a bad pick. Like I said in a recent episode, Dennis, if you and I could gaze into a crystal ball back then and whisper in Dave Gettleman's ear, hey, this is not going to work out, I'm sure we would have done that. But we don't have that power, unfortunately. Well, it's also, look, to the people that – maybe still believe that let's take a quick look at the quarterbacks that the giants could have drafted in that same spot and tell me how good they're doing right now in the NFL. Correct. Cause they're not, they're not uh, outside of the number one pick that year that they weren't getting because they had number two and they're not trading up. None of the other quarterbacks are finding great success right now. Correct. It might so, be on better teams. Some of them, but they're not performing great. Correct. So back to Saquon Barkley, the dude kills it. Once he starts with the Giants, we're like, oh, my God. Like, he is prolific. He is everything we thought he would be. The NFL as a whole, our biggest rivals were like, damn. Giants are building something special. They have the running back of the NFL. At the rate he's going, we may not, not see a running back like him for a long time. Then a combination of Saquon not being able to stay healthy and the combination of our offensive line is absolute trash. So you know what? I feel for Saquon. I really do. The offensive line's trash. He can't get open. 
but a generational talent mixed with the position we got him in mixed with the lack of what he's done since he started. I need better. And Dennis, I'm that close to saying, pull the trigger on Saquon Barkley. You know what's going to happen when we do that, Dennis, you know, what's going to happen. He's going to go off somewhere. He'll go to Philly and he'll kick ass. He will kick ass. If they get rid of Miles Sanders, Saquon Barkley will go in there and be a Hall of Famer. I have no doubt in my mind, but it ain't happening in New York. And unless he shows me something the remaining weeks of this useless season, I don't know what's going to happen. Moving on. Let's talk about our dear friend, Giants head coach, Joe Judge. Loved him last year. Loved him offseason. Loved him before he coached a single game. Loved him beginning of this season. My patience has been dwindling. I am pissed at Joe Judge. I genuinely want Joe Judge back next year. I genuinely hope, and I think it's possible, that he can still get this team to play for him as the, the season comes to a close. But Dennis, holy smokes, what were those comments after the Miami game? Saw a lot of positives. Saw a lot of positives. Saw a lot. You know what? That might fly in Miami. That might fly in Tennessee. It ain't going to fly in New York, Dennis. It ain't going to fly in New York. We are all watching what you say. That is the position that you took. And you talk about the blue-collar people of New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. You talk about the team's going to represent the, the, what, this, what the city, what the region means. The team is going gonna, is gonna to get better. The wins are coming. The plays are coming. The points are coming. Yada, yada, yada. We haven't seen them. We haven't seen them. And it's a year and a half. So I'm not on the judge has to go train because we can't keep doing this coaching carousel. We can't keep doing this coordinator carousel because I don't think that's helping the issue at all on any side of the ball. No, it's hurting it, especially hurting Daniel Jones. Especially hurting lack Daniel Jones. The, last of, the lack, of in, lack of consistency. It's killing him. Three coordinators now, I think. Four coordinators? Yeah. Three? No, I think it's just three. So I'm not on the, the, the get rid of Joe Judge at the end of the year train. We've talked about it, though. Gettleman's gone. Giants could win out. Gettleman is 99% still gone. I don't know what GM comes in. And I don't know what that GM thinks of Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, or Joe Judge. May keep all of them. May get rid of all of them. I don't know. And I can't defend keeping them right now. I can't. A few weeks ago, maybe. I didn't feel that great about it, but I'm, I don't want, I don't want, I kind of want Saquon gone. Jones, I don't want gone yet. Judge, I don't want gone yet, but I can't, I, it's becoming increasingly harder because again, I get it. Injuries, injuries happen and they're really killing us because we don't, all this help that we brought in can't stay healthy. Galladay can barely stay healthy. Tony can't stay healthy. Barkley can't stay healthy. All these guys can't stay healthy. Our offensive line sucks. They couldn't stay healthy. <laughs> Jones can't stay healthy. Eli Manning, everyone wanted to get mad at Eli Manning. Eli Manning never missed a damn game until Buttface took him out for Geno Smith. And now like, it, it just shows you again, off topic kind of, how special Eli Manning was. And everyone wanted to go down his throat. And it's it's... I'm pissed. Like I'm, I'm super pissed. Everything we were promised, and you know me, Dennis. I'm an optimist. 
and at least when it comes to this team, because we have not been equipped in so long. And, and it looked like we were the best equipped we've been in a few years now. And everything that we were promised is, is gone to shit. And, and I think injuries are a huge part of it because we can't stay healthy. No team in the NFL is dealing. Every team's dealing with injuries to some extent, but not to the level that we are. And it feels like that's what it's been every year. But you can't be the head coach of the Giants coming out and saying, like, we saw positives, we saw positives, we saw positives. Which leads me to one last point going to this Chargers game. I don't even think it's worth previewing this because we're going to get absolutely well, – That's we're doing picks in this episode, so don't, don't do any preview test stuff. But I will preview who's playing really quick. The Giants scouting report, Mike Glennon just cleared COVID protocol a few hours ago and will start against the Chargers. What the F are we thinking? We just signed Jake Fromm. Give the dude a chance. He may be terrible. Give him a chance. So I didn't know this is the route you were going to go, but we can stay on this right before I ask you the big question that I wanted to have this episode focus on. But I'm with you. I don't know how long Jake Fromm needs to get comfortable with the offense or to learn the playbook. From what I've, from what I've been told, he's a smart guy. He was Super successful at Georgia. So I would have to imagine he can learn the offense. I'm with you. I'm with you. What did you see last week that could be any better against what is going to be a playoff team and what is going to be a better football team in the Chargers compared to Miami? And I know you're going on the road, and let's be honest, there's probably going to be just as many Giant fans out there, the transplants that leave the East Coast and go to the West Coast. The Chargers don't have any fans, and I feel for those franchises that are out there. But – I'm with you. What do we got to lose? Throw him out there. Jake Fromm, everybody said he wasn't going to be some generational talent at the next level, but he's a game manager. He's an accurate passer. He can make the good decisions. He can command an offense. Now he could go out there and throw four picks and who the hell knows, but he has the intangibles that could make him a decent enough quarterback to at least not lose the football game on paper. I just, it's, it's, again, to your point, they're like, oh, Mike Glennon knows the system, and Jake Fromm has only been there for a week. Jason Garrett was there for two years, and we couldn't figure out a deal. <laughs> <laughs> like, who, like what, are, what are we doing, Dennis? Like, what in the F are we doing? You have a proven athlete, and yet Mike Glennon, I'm not saying one's going to be better than the other against the Chargers, but what do we have to, the season's over. The season's over. Mike Glennon isn't the guy, clearly. Daniel Jones may not play another game in a Giants uniform. I don't know. What? Like, I don't – oh, my God. This is why I'm, I'm – with, uh, I'm with you. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Again, if he needs more time with the offense, if maybe they're not seeing it – is, is Fromm taking first-team reps? I think he was for a few okay. days. I'd imagine he would have to be if Glennon couldn't practice, but – if he's not showing, if they're looking at it and then Glennon comes back and he's like, all right, obviously this guy looks much better right now, fine. But this will be the last week. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt for this week. And if Daniel Jones is clearly not going to play the rest of the year, if we eventually find that out come next Monday or Tuesday, which let's be honest, and I said this prior to the Miami game, if his neck injury is this serious, do not put him on the football field. Because even if he doesn't play another down in a giant uniform, don't ruin this poor kid's career. Because he's got enough talent to play at the NFL level. I believe in my heart of hearts, we win that football game against Miami if Daniel Jones is on the field. I wouldn't have thought that I would have to say that 
but because of how bad Miami looked and how good our defense was at holding them to field goals and countless times ending possessions, I'd have to imagine Daniel Jones would find a way to put seven points on the board, not continually settle for field goals or then have drive stall out. I could be wrong, but I just, I believe that we would at least be, we, ha- we would have won that football game, not even just been more competitive because we were competitive. We were in the game the whole game until they scored that final touchdown at the end. And then they eventually got the ball and ran the clock out. But we said, we said it before that game, we said if Daniel Jones plays, we could probably edge him out. I probably would have picked the Giants. You, you know, our good buddy Ellis was probably on the edge of, I don't know how much he was watching, but on the edge of his seat because in our picks, he locked the Dolphins last week. And here come the Giants in a game that we're not expecting to win. Typical Giants, though. We probably go on the road with a backup quarterback and win a football game. We did it a year ago against the Seattle Seahawks. We always bring up that game. We could have won that football game. But I'm with you with the season being over. And now I want to address this question because I think. Say this. You know what's going to happen. Mike Glennon's going to have three touchdown passes and the Giants are going to beat the Chargers on Sunday. Well, so that's. I have yet to lock. For our picks, I already made my picks. I've yet to lock a team because I want to lock the Chargers, but I didn't know that Daniel Jones was 100% ruled out. When I saw that this afternoon, I'm like, I think now I have to lock the Chargers because I have right now I'm thinking about going the Saints, but it would be so Jets to, to win at home against the Saints team that we don't really know enough about. You know what I mean? So we'll get to that when we get the picks. But I, I want to address this question because you brought up David Gentleman. It's not 99%. He's out. He, he's fired. And the thing, I, the biggest problem I have currently is we got rid of Garrett. He's not a scapegoat. He had to be fired. Gentlemen should already be gone. But, and this was the part where I was telling you, I was listening to the fan and Evan Roberts brought up, well, it's not the giant way, but unfortunately for the giants, the giants are on a roller coaster upside down or whatever, like, like throw the giant way out the window. And I'm totally on board with that because this franchise has taken a complete spiral since Tom Coughlin's or right. I guess it would be his second to last year because in Coughlin's last year, all hell broke loose. That was the OBJ game. And then they completely lost the locker room. And then, I mean, we didn't have, we had an okay locker room in the first year with McAfee, but it was an okay locker room because a bunch of McAdoo, sorry, too many Pat McAfee parlay boosts on FanDuel and myself confused. But it was an okay locker room to the point that everyone was so close that they decided to take a boat trip the week of the first round playoff game and then get boat raced by the Packers. That's how close the locker room was. So not exactly the close tight knit group you want in speaking. But we, we talked about this and I brought this up. We didn't like Coughlin going, but you know what? All right, fine. It was time to go. Jerry Reese spends a bunch of money in the offseason. McAdoo comes in. We're feeling good. And we're a playoff team. We go into the offseason with some serious question marks after that performance in Green Bay. But we're looking at a team with some big studs on the defense. The offense has weapons. And then we continue to spiral. Pat Shermer comes in. Okay, let's let's get excited. No buts about it. We're getting serious. It completely it spirals midway through the season. He decides not to do any more interviews with Mike Francesa. Doesn't want to go on the fan anymore. What the hell is happening? And now Joe Judge comes in, and oh, this is it. This is our blue-collar guy. He's a New England man. Belichick guy. Do your job. 
No ifs, ands, or buts about it. We're going to change the culture. We're doing this, 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 this. Look at the players at the end of the season fighting for him. And now it's to your point. We can't stand what he's saying post game. And he's not exactly getting away with the Belichick stuff where he's ignoring questions. He's kind of answering them, but kind of being a dick about it. Where he's like, oh, things from positives. All things from positives. Where did you see the positives? On our pass rush? That was the only positive. And that's been like the one unit that's been fairly healthy all season long. Xavier McKinney? Yeah, great, great draft pick. You know who else was a great draft pick from the same school? Landon Collins. And he completely destroyed him and he wanted out of New York. What happens? Does Xavier McKinney show the same thing eventually? I see this, I see the same writing on the wall. Like that, just see the same thing happening. Landon Collins, maybe a basket case, but you know what? We're all hot and bothered for Landon Collins in those first two years. I'm look, I'm looking at the same thing with Xavier McKinney. This is not the point. The point is David Gettleman is gone. You'd have to be an idiot to not believe that the Mayor family and whoever is involved in this little group that will the committee, if you will. That'll be hiring the next GM. They have a short list. They have guys that they're looking at, whether or not they're interviewing them. They have a list of guys that they're interested in because you have to make the move. If you believe in Black Monday in the NFL, we're going to get to that. I guess it would be the second week in January at this point, right? With the way the season goes. Gentlemen will be axed late Sunday night, that Monday. We'll hear about it. Schefter will report it, whatever. Why isn't he going now? Because to me, the one thing that I, I, I want consistency, and I want a tandem. San Francisco, John Lynch and Shanahan coming in together. When, it, when they were in Oakland, Gruden and what's-his-face? can't think of his name, but he used to do the play-by-play. You know what I'm talking about. GM. He came, they came in together. The Jets, past, this past year. These, these things need to be together. It's like you said, we don't know if the GM is going to come in and like Joe Judge. But you have to give the GM a shot at that. You can't just hire a guy and say, all right, he's your coach. Now build a team. What if they don't share the same vision? Because at the end of the day, the guy we are all blaming, and we blame Jerry Reese, we're now blaming David David Gettleman. We're blaming the GM. It's the GM's job to build this team. And the team, he and the coach have to have this, the same vision. David Gettleman should already be fired. We should already be interviewing guys and it should be a guy. Do you want Joe judge to be the coach of your football team? And it's a yes or no answer. And if it's a no come week two of January, Joe judge is gone. And even if we like him, and even if he hasn't been given a a good enough chance, it's not our decision. It's the GM's decision. He has a future. He has a plan for what has to be done, but it's not the giant way. We're not going to do it that way. A couple thoughts on that. One, yeah, we got gave Jerry Reese shit, but Jerry Reese had been a proven winner with the Giants and had won us two Super Bowls. Dave Gettleman, as Dennis, I don't think we need, what, maybe 14 wins? Do we need two hands and a few fingers to count how many wins the Giants? The two teams have- in New York have the least amount of wins in the NFL cares about them that's little brother no one cares we are a little brother i'm telling you what we're trending in their direction we will not be because we have the jets do you not feel like what a jet fan has felt like because they don't have a quarterback we don't have a quarterback yeah but we've been there in our lifetime the jets have not i understand that i I understand but i'm just saying if we don't get this right now it's irrelevant right now at least 
but well, in ten years, I hope you're wrong. Also, and I mean, I, was, right. I hope you're right. <laughs> here's something I was right about last year was that Dave Gettleman should have been gone. All right. And you guys all came at me and said no and, and said, look at all the things he's done. And sure, has he done some good You're things? Poor, but, it, but just to say, look at all the things he has done, and then you constantly bring up the injuries. Those things he have done outside of, I mean, he's made some dumb, like Nate Solder. But here you are. He's made some dumb decision. But like he's got, he's brought some guys in, and they have not performed because they have been hurt. But here you are saying Dave Gettleman should have been gone already. And I'm saying, I think I'm saying this, he should be gone that we know he's going to get fired at the end of the year. So why wait? Why put off till tomorrow? What you could do today. I'm just saying one way or another, the results were not coming last year. He should have been gone. Also to your point, you're talking about the coaches and the GM should stick together. The giants did not do that. And they, they didn't kept Eli Manning around. Dan was going to learn behind him. They kept David Gettleman fired the coach, bring in another coach, keep the GM. So they didn't do that, which was a dumb move. Dennis, this all goes above Joe Judge. This all goes above Dave Gettleman. You know where it goes? Yeah. That's been driving this, this franchise into the effing dirt for years. And what did I say when I started this dumb little soliloquy? The Merov family, they have the giant way. No, stop doing things the quote-unquote giant way. It's time to right this ship and do what must be done and do what any other NFL franchise have has done or you're screwed. They ha- you have so many moving pieces. It's like you said, bring in Daniel Jones is going to learn behind Eli. Eli doesn't even make it a quarter of the way through the season. We bring in Daniel Jones. Okay, head coach, you're gone. Bring in a new one. I don't care, head coach, if you don't like this quarterback. We took him sixth overall or seventh overall, whatever the hell it was. He's your quarterback. Well, what if I don't like this quarterback? You have no say in that. Now we're going to get to the point where the GM is going to be gone. The coach is there. They had a vision for what they were trying to build. Someone else is now going to come in. Is he just going to have the same vision? Because clearly this vision is not working. So why would you hire someone with the same vision? And it's to your point is Saquon Barkley part of a trade package? We need draft picks. We need young guys. You have to hit on the right draft picks. Hell, we had Andrew Thomas, and yes, we've seen improvements. In that same draft and picked afterwards, the Jets got Mekhi Becton, and the Bucks got Tristan Wirfs, and they're borderline all pros at this point. So what are the Giants doing? That's a pick you miss on. I'm not going to say you miss on the Dexter Lawrence pick. He's been, he's been pretty good. He's been okay. He's, in, he's improving. He's, you know, he's progressing. Slow rate, but he's, he's getting it. But I'm just saying, it, you have so many pieces that need to coincide. And it's, nope, new GM, quarterback, new coach. Well, let's have this. Oh, no, the G, now we got an, another new GM. I'm not saying you go and get a quarterback this year unless somehow we bring in a GM and he loves one of these guys. But I don't think the surefire can't-miss guy is in this draft. And at least early in the first round, he's not, it's not there. There are some guys that are going to be there. There are going to be some teams. You're muted, by the way. I don't know if you're trying to button. Yeah. But your point about the Giants way. The Maribel- Isn't that what we always talk about though? It's one of these franchises, the Steelers, the Giants. It's, these- it's this organization that, I mean, much like a lot of culture in the Northeast, whether it's business culture, sports culture, family culture, 
like any of that. It's this traditional like way. We don't want change. We don't want like the, like, like the giants, especially the Maras don't want to be in this negative like headline. That's why Beck, one reason why Beckham was gone, why OBJ was gone. They don't want this negative publicity. They especially don't want the team to be bad and all these, all this nonsense going on at the same time. That, that is them. They don't want headlines. They don't want to make off-season moves that ESPN's talking about all day. But it, it got so bad to the point where they had to start doing that. And had to start doing that. I say in quotations for those that aren't seeing us in the Zoom because had to stop, had to start doing that is getting rid of Jason Garrett midway through the season. That, that is what, what had to start doing that means. And the mirrors have drove this to the ground to the point where one of the greatest players they have ever seen in their ownership of the Giants and Michael Strahan is literally having his number retired against your biggest rival and you are nowhere to be found. That's because um, two, um, yeah, two months prior, you came out for Eli's enshrinement and you were booed. We had Eli had to wait a couple of seconds for the boos to die down so that we could cheer him because it was the only thing that could be cheered upon in that game. Outside of one really good Daniel Jones throw on the first drive of the first quarter, there were nothing but boos through that entire game except for the four minutes Eli Manning was on the field. Eli Reminding Manning. us of a better day. That Eli was a decade ago. Eli Manning's waving his hands, telling the fans to stop booing him. So then John Mara, after that, he's like, well, we got the straight hand ceremony coming up. I'm calling in sick that day. I, I will yeah. not. Why would you do that? Don't put yourself through that. Don't put and, your franchise through it. Let your fans it, enjoy this little bit of greatness. I don't even want to go down the road to sell the team because that would that'll never in a million years happen. Yeah, no, that's not. But it's just like I can say it in a tongue-in-cheek way, sell the team because I'm so sick of this family driving this organization into the ground because they don't want to make the moves that, that they don't want to, they don't want to get dirty. They don't want to get their hands dirty. Well, and this, that's, that's my point here where I'm saying you'd have to be stupid if you don't believe they have a short list and whoever, I know Mara's son has been involved in a lot of what their, their hires and whatnot. And he's, whether he's being groomed or not, who the hell knows what they're doing. It's a family like anything. We have another, our, the Yankees, the Steinbriners. It's, it's a family run. It's everything, you know, but you're insane. If you think that, Black Monday can come, and that's whatever you want to call that. The, you know, that, that's the day everyone gets axed. That, okay, is it Joe Judge? All right, that's the day Gettleman gets – are you telling me that you have this short list? What if these guys are already in talks with other organizations to take over? Because they're doing it the right way. They have their feet on the ground, and they're ready to go. And the Giants are just sitting back, well, that's not how we operate. That's not the right way. That's not the Giant way. We're going to do things – correctly do things the way we've always had well it's not 1999 anymore but you won't you have to you have to get serious about this if you have a coaching candidate that you want if you have a gm candidate he could go anywhere you know many guys are probably gonna get fired at the end of the year probably a lot yes and you won't but here's the thing you won't hear them say that because no, won't. until the week after the season's over and that's the problem they might have a short list and the guy they hire is three or four on that list. Why? Because they didn't have their crap together and they didn't make a hire or go after people. The season's over, like you said. We could have this nipped in the bud 
in week 15, 16. We don't have to wait for the middle of January. We know what's going to happen. The quote unquote giant way. The season will end. We'll be through the wild card round of the postseason. And then the Giants might hire somebody. That's too late. It's too late. And then you expect that guy to come in and do his due diligence to then start drafting a team three and a half months later? Here do you mind? And it's basically just like, all right, you won. Let's see how it goes. And the Giants again are three and 13 or three and 14, however many damn games we're playing now in the NFL. And it's the same old story. And it's like, well, it's only year one. We had some more injuries. Guys look better. Look at Daniel Jones. He only threw 10 interceptions this year. That's one bright spot. If he doesn't play another down, he won't throw double-digit interceptions this year. So, hey, looking up, you know what I mean? But I just – I heard that, and the way Evan Roberts made the point, I'm like, crap, man, you're right. Like, I just – this we always have this in the back of our heads because we've been watching these franchises for our entire lives. Blue-collar, hard-nosed, the giant way, big blue repping group. No, you have to change that. We've been – I've been saying that for years, though. I didn't I – didn't. Evan Roberts isn't the first person to have this epiphany. No, I, I know. I'm just saying it's now we're just over the midway or we'll be on the midway point a couple weeks on, but it's like the season is over. And if our starting quarterback's not going to, is Daniel Jones the future? Is he our guy? Do we believe that? We had this week, the couple, the couple hours that it was like, well, is this, are the Seahawks going to move on from Russell Wilson? His day's number. Oh, so maybe the Giants go after him. It's a, For what? A middle ground of five years? Like, no, that's not what, let me and really how much they're going to have to pay him? No. We're running out of time, so let me touch on that really quick. I heard Sal Licata, who for an overnight guy, I can't listen to him because he's just yelling at the listeners. Every other listener is just screaming at him. And I'm like, dude, it's like 1 a.m. That's too much right now. I don't know he's trying to wake people up. But he was talking about the Russell Wilson thing, and, and I agree with him. It's We can't. We can't do that. 33-year-old Russell Wilson coming off injury. Who knows what? Are we really ready to – trade more of this team's future probably the only thing we have left right now to to get unknown yeah like i would to be, get five six years tops like we, we would get that one moment where we control all the headlines where you know you probably feel a little warm inside that we have a proven talent coming to the team a proven elite quarterback coming to the team but how long would that last until we realize all of our a lot of our future is now gone for a 33-year-old quarterback coming off of an injury whose best days are more than likely behind him. Um, yeah. But that's, yeah. So we're going into this week very excited, very thrilled. And uh, it's, it's funny because a week or two ago, if Daniel Jones played against Miami, probably would have won. Uh, the Giants would have been probably, quote, unquote, in the hunt. Matt, we were on the stupid graphic. CBS, Fox, ESPN, whatever it was, showing the playoff. We were on, we were in the hunt with like six or seven other teams because the yeah. NFC is pretty good this year with a lot of bad teams that are sub five hundred. But we were there. And now Optimism. we, and then go. Yeah, let's uh, let's move into picks. I'm not even gonna wump bump 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 because I have made myself a little upset. My phone's on the other side of the room, so I have to stand up and go get it. And I'm also out of a beer, and I realize that I put one in the freezer, and I hope it doesn't explode. So why don't you start Giants at the Chargers, the Mike Glennon-led Giants. A little preview before we get into the entire picks. Well, this is part of the picks, obviously, but your preview and then who you got. Spoiler alert, 
I think I know who you're going with. NFL Picks. With Matt and I think you guessed correctly. Chargers are minus 10. Oh my God. I think this is going to be a bloodbath. And Dennis, I was really, really hoping, as the optimist I am, that Jake Fromm would have started because you know what? I would have said anything can happen. What are the chances that Jake Fromm can come out and just have an insane game? And then, I mean, looking at it this way, in, in a crazy way, I'm like, oh, Jake Fromm starts and then blows everyone out of the water and freaking kills it. And then he becomes the Giants franchise quarterback and plays for years and years and years, and it's incredible. Oh, my God, and that, this could all happen if he plays against the Chargers. Chances are if that actually happened, that would that would not actually happen. But we won't get to – we won't be able to dream, Dennis, because Jake Fromm is not going to be starting, and it sounds like it's going to be Mike Glennon again, uh, which is uh, wonderful. I don't know what they see in him. If we're so unsure about Daniel Jones, which everyone says that we all are, why not at least start Jake Fromm? If Jake Fromm throws three interceptions, so what? We were going to lose anyways. If Jake Fromm goes off and get, then gets three, four touchdowns, everyone has like a Mike White-type reaction. And we're like, oh, crap, we might have our franchise quarterback and third-string backup Jake Fromm, but we won't get that opportunity. Dennis, everyone's still hurt. We're going to miss all of our offensive weapons. We don't have our starting quarterback. So that minus 10 is looking real, real good. And I would smash that if I were anyone. Uh, so I'm taking the Chargers. Lauren just walked in, heard me say smash that. It's not what it sounded like. Uh, I'm taking the Chargers over over the Giants. <laughs> I took my pants off, Lauren. It's okay. That's what he meant by smash that. Uh, yeah, I'm with the Chargers too, and I've made it official. They are my <laughs> lock. Apparently I wrote lock next down to the Chargers earlier today. I don't remember doing that. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. But that's what I'm going with. Um, actually, now that I'm doing this, the great Nick Burns has not texted me his picks. All right. I'm going to have to send him a text right now. Son of a gun, I tell you. Live on air. Nick, If you're, tre- you're trending towards he who must not be named. You've never come on the pod. I'm not going to see you during Christmas. And I texted you at 12.30 this afternoon. You didn't make your picks. Kyle Barron flat out ignored me. I did see that too. Kyle, are you available? I was going to reply like, nah, he's got too many parlays to look at tomorrow. Even though there's nothing to look at. There's one college game. And I, I mean, I don't, I'm not a degenerate enough to bet on Army Navy. Yeah, I, on, I was on DraftKings because I was in Philly where it's legal. And I won 135 bucks on a parlay. It was good to be back. Ooh. That'll get the old juices flowing. Hopefully Nick gets back to me before the end of the show. If not, I don't know. He's 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 he's, he's getting up there in uh, the tally wise. I didn't give that because he went ahead, which I told you to, to make the picks. But I uh, currently in lead. The way this uh, minus plus system that we are doing with the locks are going, uh, we're all kind of at different numbers. But uh, 45 and 33, Matt, you are 44 and 33. Nick, 41 and 23. So he's inching closer. Ellis, 30 and 10. Kid is having quite the lucky streak. Uh, He finally, for the first time, second time, only a second time, uh, having two wrong answers. And bam, speak the devil, Nick texts me. So we'll be able to go through 
and make his picks. Uh, Ellis is also on the Chargers. He <laughs> wanted to lock them, but he locked the Dolphins last week, so I told you he couldn't do the Giants. So, yeah, we're all on the Chargers. Nick is on the Chargers as well. He texts me. Matt, number two. Nolan Saints head into the Meadowlands. Face the Jets. We got it. Oh man, the Jets have definitely made it uh, made it more interesting, Dennis. I will say that um, you were talking about it earlier. I think this, I think this is going to be a good game. Um, Zach Wilson almost kind of realized that he had a team um, when he was hurt, and uh, I think he's played better since then. Um, that having been said, I do think the Saints squeak this one out and get the win. I think it's going to be a competitive game for whatever you want to say that that's worth. Um, do give me the Jets in the Meadowlands. Yeah, pit, pit. Yeah, yeah I agree. I thought the Jets, credit to them, and Zach Wilson, they went toe-to-toe with Gardner Minshew and the Eagles. Gardner Minshew had a hell of a game. Uh, I think Jalen Hurts is probably sweating a little bit. Um, but the Jets went toe-to-toe, and then it was too good to be true and kind of fell off the wagon. So I, I think they're playing better. I think they're going to play decent. And Jet standards, I think the Saints edge them out. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I, I wanted to lock, like I talked about earlier in the podcast, I wanted to lock the Saints, but I just don't really trust it. Uh, I do think Taysom Hill could possibly have a huge game. He played really well against Dallas outside of the multiple turnovers. That I mean, take a leave, you know, if, if that's what did the Saints in, that's what they did in. Let's be honest, Dallas is a much better football team. Uh, Ellis and Nick both on the Nolan Saints, and they are both locking you better lock it up you better lock it up no you lock it up you lock it up lock it up lock it up you have a lock yet not yet not yet he says he wants to hear the rest of the games that's right matt you don't know what games we're picking i have an unfair advantage already it's true well i mean to a degree i didn't get to do any research they just you sent them a picture and they got to just do whatever yeah i don't know who knows nick could have been on the forums trying to find out the dirty deets of each of these teams. I doubt it. He was pretty quick to respond when I texted him. I don't know all the injury reports. I don't know what we're working with here. Yeah. Well, we're only doing five games, by the way. Pats on a bye this week. Usually, if you're new to this program, three local teams. That's the Jets, Giants, Pats. Three out-of-market teams. Even though we're not even in that market anymore. We should probably do. We should start adding the uh, Washington football team, the it's Baltimore gonna be, Ravens. We're going to be doing Washington, Baltimore, Tampa, and the Jacksonville Jaguars from now on. Mm, funny you mention those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They got a good one this week, or at least on paper, you'd think they got a good one. The Buffalo Bills, bad loss at home and 40 mile an hour wins to Bill Belichick, who very might well win coach of the year. The Pats now have a two game lead, I'm pretty sure, in that division, which seems wild. I think are they in seven straight wins, six straight. Pats are looking good. I don't know how many straight wins they got, but Buffalo at Tampa Bay, I will start. I'm taking the Bills. I think the easy pick is to take Tampa, but the Bills need a win, man. That AFC, the top of the AFC is... They have to keep pace with New England. The Chiefs are trending in the right direction. Who the hell knows what's going on in the North? The Steelers looked like ass last night. And then obviously my boy, Chase Claypool, just making all Notre Dame fans proud after celebrating a first down that led to more time being expired off the clock. So you're doing great. Great things, Chase. Great things. Gotta gotta tell you. Uh but yeah, and then you know, so I, I just the Bills need a win. And I think in Tampa, they don't have a great defense. This is a game for Josh Allen to wake up, throw for 300, run for 90, score four total touchdowns. I'm taking the Bills. I 
I'm not going to be shocked at all if the Bucks win, but I, this at the very least has to be a close game. The Bills have to find a way to win. It's that simple. They have to figure out what's going on offensively. They don't have a running game. They have Devin Singletary, Zach Moss. Now they got Matt Breida coming out of nowhere. They have no idea what's going on with the running back situation. They need to slow down Brady offensively, even if they get into a shootout. And I think that's how they could win. It has to be a shootout. Give me the Bills. Because you know why? Nobody circles the wagons at the Buffalo Bills. A la Chris Burton. Matt, go ahead. They have, though. Um, or they have not. Um, Dennis, I don't think it's going to be a shootout. And, I mean, the Bills do need a win. I just don't think it's coming against Tampa. The Bills are struggling to create offense. Granted, the game against the Patriots, they were in the middle of, like, the scene from the day after tomorrow. But I still – yeah, they're not. They're, they're struggling. So the, the Jacksonville game, Dennis, and I was high and mighty. I've been high and mighty on the Bills. That Jacksonville game, that is still insane to me. That is probably one of the most insane games I have seen this year in the sense that it was so not insane, and the Bills couldn't get offense going. And they couldn't against the Patriots. And, you know, I mean, again, 30-mile-an-hour wins – I just don't think that happens in Tampa. I think you're going to get a similar crowd that you got in Jacksonville. Maybe not as many Bills fans because the Bucks are obviously packing that place more uh, than they are up in Jacksonville. Um, but the Bills are just struggling to create offense, and the Bucks are not struggling in that regard at all. So, so while I think the Bills' defense is going to do a pretty solid job, the Giants even even um, caused the Bucks some trouble. But eventually, that can only hold for so long. The Bucs are going to score points, but if the Bills of, of late are any indication, the Bucks will get away with this one, and and I think it, it could be a two-score game. Pit, pit, pit. Okay. Nick and Ellis, they are with you also on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Monday night game? Yes, yeah, Monday night game. Los Angeles Rams traveling to the Arizona Cardinals, if we remember Arizona went into L.A. the last time and just put a whoop on L.A. Got everybody to notice, hey, this Cardinals team is for real. But they took a plummet downhill thanks to Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins missing a couple of games. Kyler comes back, looks pretty good in a slop fest in Chicago last week. D-Hop is back. You'd assume the offense is going to start clicking. Uh, Ellis on the Cardinals. Pit, Nick pit, pit. on the Rams. Pit, pit, pit. And I am on the Rams as well. I think the Rams need this one. They have to keep pace in that division. They have a shot at the one seed. It's going to take some Packers losses because obviously they lost that game too. But can the Rams win a big game? You know what I mean? Tampa walked in there. The Rams won. I was like, all right, let's take this Rams team for real. And then they get whooped by Arizona. And they get whipped, whooped by Green Bay. They need another big marquee win on their uh, resume. I think they get it on the road against Arizona. Dennis, I, I'm disagreeing with you again. And, and I, funny, like, this point's like, they need a win, they need a win, they need a win. Like, yeah, but they're not playing, like, Detroit. Well, that's my new thing. At the beginning of the year, it was all like, ah, oh, they're playing at home, all the home team behind them. That hasn't done me anything. Every home team I pick, because I think their crowd's going to be into it, lays an egg. So I had to change up the mantra. Credit to Detroit, who did win the game. Um, yeah. Not good the either. They're still in the, I mean, we view ties as a win, but I want that bet to hit where I picked the Lions to have the worst record. All of a sudden, they're right, in, they're neck and neck with the Texans and the Jags, and those two teams might not get another win this year. Yeah. Although they yeah. probably have to play each other, so that might help my cause. 
Yeah, no, Dennison, I am going to take the Cardinals and my fantasy quarterback, Kyler Murray, because since he's been back, uh, has the defense been outstanding for the Cardinals? No. Um, but the offense has been um, behind Kyler Murray, picked up right where he left off coming off of that injury. I think he's going to continue doing that. I think D-Hop's going to continue doing that. The Rams' defense has not been stellar by any means. Um, it's improved-ish, um, but it is not, not stellar. And I think Kyler Murray... Um, is going to continue what he has done since he came back from that injury. This is, a, and again, kind of off topic, but I am taking the Cardinals, but I said it a few weeks ago, or maybe a month ago even. This has been one of, if not, at least in recent memory, the best year of Monday night matchups that I can remember. I remember Thursday always seemed like it was the home of the, like, like the better matchup, and Monday nights were just like the two bottom teams and no one cared. Monday night, Monday and Thursday night matchups this year, for the most part, have been really good. Better than the Sunday night matchups sometimes. Uh, and I, I think this is a really good one, too. And, and But, yeah, I'm taking the Cardinals. Okay. Final game. We're only doing five this week, not six. We could have done six, but I didn't feel like making another one. We're only doing five. And we're talking about a team who is red hot, looking good. And when I look at these picks now and actually see the three of us that are on one team, my, how the turntables. Dallas at Washington. Nick, Ellis, and myself all on the Washington football team. I am on them because I was the lone man on them last week against the Raiders. The Washington football team looking better and better. we, We know they have a decent enough defense, but all of a sudden the game script has kind of changed. Antonio Gibson getting a lot more carries. They're utilizing McKissick in a nice changeup role. Taylor Heineke, he's bad, but he's not playing really bad. And I think this Dallas team, this should probably be a get-right game for them and be one of those games where it's like, okay, yeah, we're the team to be in this division, not you. You're not going to come away and have this awesome second half like you did last year and run away with the division. Oh, contraire, my friend. Washington's going to win this football game, and they are going to find a way to win this division because I don't know what's going on with Dallas. Defense is still subpar. Zeke, what's he doing in the backfield? Nobody knows. He's not doing anything. Take Washington. In what I do believe, the high-scoring football game. I'm going to take this opportunity to pull another Dennis. Record amount of Dennis is pulled in one night and say, you know what, this is where I can make an impact and start running away with this pick race. Well, this is, this, is, this is a big week. Unfortunately, I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys. One, because I, if you're all taking them, then I'm going to... I mean, yeah, why not? You, you got to do it, Dennis. Why not? And I mean, also just to speak to that, absolutely, what is up with the Dallas Cowboys? And also, what is up with the Washington football team? They are playing well. Tyler, Taylor Heineke looks... I don't know if that's a franchise quarterback or not. Still not really impressed me. He's found ways to win. The whole team has. But, like, I look at Washington's wins. Ugly game against uh, Vegas. They won. Ugly game against Seattle at home. They found a way to win. None of their wins, the, the Bucks win. That was impressive. But a lot of their other wins... Yeah, they're mediocre teams. They're finding uh, ugly ways to beat mediocre teams. They were, lo- they were losing bad against bad teams. They beat the Panthers. The Giants beat the Panthers. They beat the Seahawks without Russell Wilson, I believe. The team's been playing terrible. No, Wilson played. Yeah, the team's been yeah. well. My next 
point was going to be the teams playing bad with Russell Wilson. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, credit to them. They're finding ways to win something that the Giants can't do, something the Eagles have struggled with. Um, so I, I, I still have to give the edge to Dallas, one, just because none of these Washington wins have really uh, – the, the thing that's impressed me is even in the ugliest game, they find a way to – they've found ways to come out on top, but none of them have been like, whoa, check out Washington. Like, eye-opening. Um, so you guys are all taking Washington. I'm just going to take Dallas for that reason, um, for both of those reasons. And uh, – yeah, I'm never happy about picking Dallas, but give me the count. But you have to. I have to. And in, in the past, the Dennis logic to pick against everybody else has not worked out. And I got to tell you, I hope history remains. And that's and that's why uh, you have never defeated me in picks. Yet. Optimal word there, yet. Matt, I need a lock. What do you got? Um, I might... No regret doing this. Cut the tension. Lock me the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Oh my goodness. That's a, that's a risky. The same, the team that they are playing scored three points and couldn't beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. True. So. I really thought you were going to go uh, with either the Nylon Saints or the Chargers. Because I gave crap to our good buddy Ellis because he gave me his picks and then he goes, I'm locking the Chargers. And I'm like, you can't lock the Chargers. You locked the Dolphins last week. And he I'm goes, oh, all right, fine. I'll lock the Saints. And I'm like, very bold pick of you. He was I'm like, why? What's wrong with that? I'm like, well, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying it's you either lock against the Giants or you lock against the Jets. That's what's come down to these picks. I've locked the I've locked the see I thought when we started and clearly that's not the way it's been going that once you locked a team you couldn't lock them again no it's just in the next week you can't lock them okay or well, or pick like you can't pick against them so for instance like last week Ellis locks the Dolphins and the Giants against the Giants he can't lock Miami this week he can't lock against the Giants this week well I believe I locked the Chargers last week or the week before that but uh, uh, Arizona. No, but either way, I can't. I just can't find it in my heart to to lock a team against the Giants. I can't root for a team to beat the Giants. I just can't. I can't. Can't do it. Can't do oh. it. You might have more locks. You've actually done pretty well on locks. You only have one. You have two misses. So do I. Nick hasn't missed a lock. He's crap. Well, he's our number one. Ooh. That's all I got for you, buddy. But I'm the host. I don't know why I'm turning things over to you. Yeah, no, but I no. guess that's it. That's all I got for the show. Yep, that's all I have too. Dennis, I was thinking before the show wraps up, and you work in radio right now. You're getting paid for it, whereas I do, unfortunately, I unfortunately do not. I was thinking, would I get in trouble right now, and here comes our, our live show notes, that we were talking about doing a show on, uh, we're obviously going to have one coming up this coming week, and the week after that is Christmas. So we're talking about doing a show Christmas Eve. We're talking about doing beverages before or after or whatever. I was thinking about calling the hard hat on air and seeing if they're open. Would I get in trouble for that if we put that on the internet? For calling a place and asking if they're open? 
putting it on the show recording, me calling the hard hat and seeing if they're open on Christmas Eve. Yeah, I don't think so. Should I do it or should I just wait till till after the show? I mean, if you want to do it now. All right. It could, be, it could be bad podcasting. I think it would be pretty, all right. Yeah, I'll just Speaking of, though, and radio, college football, baby. Bowl season is a week away. And how about your group of five American Conference Cincinnati Bearcats getting into the postseason? I am the playoff. Can't call it the postseason, I guess. It's all the postseason, but they're yep. in the playoff. I just want to shout out to all the haters out there. Um, that, and Cincinnati's more than likely going to get trounced. But um, you never know. I'm like the bar- you never know. Homer Simpson, like backing in with my temple shirt, backing into the bushes, coming back out with the Cincinnati, Cincinnati shirt on. You still don't have a coach. You're one of, uh, I think there's only five job openings right now, and Temple's one of them. So I was, I mean, and we can finish it on this. Dan Mullen was He's obviously not coming to Temple. What old that's not what you're going to say. Hold the phone. It was kind of what I was going to say. Oh, Dan, my gosh. Yes. Shut up for a second. Dan Mullen was a name that in the Temple Circle was floated for two reasons. And I actually spoke to a diehard Florida State fan, a member of their booster club, who's followed them for years, and, and, and agreed with me uh, and said, you know, Temple, say what you want, has been a breeding ground of good, of, for the most part, good coaching and coaches taking a lot of what they do with that next step is – Sometimes been good, sometimes not been good. You get Matt Rule goes. Telling me Dan Mullen needs a next step. Hold on. You get Matt Rule. Who is this booster? Who is oh this my man? God, shut up. You get Jeff Collins goes to Georgia Tech. You get uh, Al Golden goes to Miami. A lot of these situations did. They're not both doing up. very well right now. That's what I was going to say. A lot of those situations did not end up well for them, but they took that next step and then they shit the bed. Dan Mullen, Philadelphia guy needs to reverberate his career after Florida essentially did nothing except get to a bowl game against UCF for a very average year. What if he goes back to Temple for two years, goes back to Philly, does two years, kicks ass, then dips out, and then goes right back into the thick of things, an SEC, ACC, Pac-12, something like that. That was just a thought. Obviously, I know that the chances that are like 5%, chances that happen. 5%? No. Say 5%. How about 0.5%? Man, the man coached successfully at Mississippi State, developed one of the top quarterbacks currently in the NFL in Dak Prescott, then gets fired, leaves, goes to Florida, plays in an SEC championship game last year, and now you want him to reverberate his career at the almighty temple. You are on glue. That's, don't take it. That that's hard. not happening. Don't take it. Hard. No, that's why I said 5%. Um, but that's it's like. It's looking like a big name. The it's, man's not going from the SEC to the American. You never know. No, oh, yeah, okay. well, okay. <laughs> that was a fine institution. Um, but the more realistic, uh, much more than five percent, is uh, sounding like, which makes sense. Because I have a better shot at getting a six pack by next summer than he does at coaching at Temple. And that's abs, not beer. Oh, I was like, uh, that, six that, pack oh, beer, pretty good. It's almost like a, it's more than a hundred percent. Dan Mullen's going to be at Temple by the end of the night. But no, much more in a much more realistic sense, the uh, seeming like Fran Brown, coordinator at Rutgers, is a possibility. Uh, okay. Seeming like, I forget his name, uh, Slayton, Dre Staten, Slayton, something like that. From uh, He's the running backs coach at uh, University of Texas, who, which makes sense because our AD 
was the associate athletic director at the University of Texas. It's possible. So that would make sense. There's a and not that a ton of guys are, are like having success in the NFL, but I mean, they we assume Bijan Robinson, who is their running back the past year and a half, is going to be a highly selected draft pick when he comes out. They have some fairly decent success developing running backs the last couple of years. So you get an offensive minded guy like that. Could be yeah. a relationship. That might not be a bad fit. We're talking just obviously multiple names in the Matt Rule uh, coaching tree between his time at Baylor and now his time. Talking about a few assistants with uh, the Carolina Panthers that are. Well, hell, if Joe Brady actually enjoyed recruiting, it, that'd be a good word that he could put in for him because they just fired him. I would love to see Al Golden, who is with the Cincinnati Bengals. I would love to see him come back. I tweeted a while back. I said, Al Golden, come home. Um, and also, on a lighter note, um, I just want to say congratulations to Manny Diaz. I hope it was worth it. You clown. Uh, enjoy the offseason. You loser. I hope it was worth it. And, and I love it. I, I love, I love his statement. I am so disappointed. And all the all his fans are like, how could Miami do this so disrespectful? Like, it was disrespectful. Karma is a bitch. You know what else is disrespectful? You sign with a school, take a payout, and leave a week later. Suck it, Manny Diaz. Suck it. Hope to be it fair, he got a, he, to be fair, he got a lot of money to go coach in the ACC and not be a man. You know what's going to be great? No one in the ACC is going to want him again. So hope it was worth it. Enjoy Conference USA. See you later. That is all I have to say, Dennis. You are saltier than Lay's potato chips. I absolutely am. I'm extremely salty and I love that Manny Diaz is uh, unemployed and uh, hope it was worth it. I'm glad you can share some fun thoughts. My former coach, Brian Kelly, who I hold this held in the highest regards because he's leaving Notre Dame in a great shape for Marcus Friedman to come in. But however, he decides to start talking like a Southerner and I don't want anything to do with him anymore. <laughs> he's a clown. I don't know what the hell he's doing. I completely, saw, completely ruined any goodwill that he did for the Notre Dame football program. I saw a tweet and it was like Marcus Freeman should start talking in an Irish accent. Well, did you see they posted when Mario Cristobal had his intro press conference? His they broadcast it obviously in Spanish because they're down in Miami. It's a high, and it was if Brian Kelly took the Miami job and it was the Spanish broadcast of Mario Cristobal. <laughs> oh, I tell you. The internet, man. It's undefeated. Yeah, anywho, um, yeah, we're probably going to be vacant of a head coach for, for a bit, but I... That's okay. Your basketball team's doing a... Yeah, beat Vanderbilt the other day, so we're better Ooh. than the okay. I saw you beat Penn. I had them in a parlay. It we didn't won. hit because St. Bonaventure decided to only win by uh, two points and not cover the three-point, three-and-a-half-point spread. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. This is what it is. Well, that's right. it, Matt. Any closing thoughts before uh, we do a show early next week, hopefully, and we will go through every single bowl game like we always do and obviously recap picks, probably a Giants loss. Yep. You know, it'll be a typical Monday or Tuesday. I'm looking forward to working my tail off down here and then getting to enjoy some uh, our holiday R&R in uh, Connecticut and do a live show and hopefully uh, share some beverages Uh together while we do that and big dom talked to him last night he is up for joining again depending on uh the time of this the Let's time go. Of this. big dom he said he would he would love to to join again for a bit 
Very good. Very good. I'm very, very intrigued to hear Big Dom's thoughts on Big Blue's horrific season. The last time we had him on, I believe it was around. Very good. Well, it it was a great show. He's by far the best guest we've ever had. I agree. Yeah, let's let's hope that we uh, have enough time here to put that together for uh, Christmas Eve or whatever day. Agreed. Uh, Agreed. With that said, that is it for this episode of the Matt and Dennis podcast. Appreciate you out there tuning in as you always do, the loyal listeners. We're averaging around 30. I don't know who the hell you are. Don't know why you're wasting your time, but hey, we appreciate it. Because otherwise, it would just be Matt listening to this and critiquing how bad we are at podcasting. 30, 30 times. <laughs> 30 times on 30 different platforms. On Spotify, on iTunes, on Overcast, on other, whatever other is. Don't know. Uh, it's out there. Follow us on Twitter, Matt Dennis Pod. Don't follow us on Facebook. I'm wondering, I just, I, we keep saying it, and I'm waiting for the day. That's we actually get a notification like someone liked your page or whatever because it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen, but it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> so, uh, I have nothing else, Mr. Scarano. Adios. Oh, no, I don't have anything else. Adios. No, that, yeah, you could adios, it's fine. Okay, adios, adios again, Matt. Adios. Oh, you froze on me. <laughs> The worst outro in the history of the podcast. One, two, three. Adios. <laughs>